You're listening to episode 35 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and me, Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to talk about the differences between venting and complaining. We're going to have a tough conversation about getting real with what is productive and what is counterproductive on your caregiving journey. You're going to get frustrated, you're going to get angry, and you're going to really need to talk to somebody and get your frustration and feelings out so that you can gain perspective in a healthy way. But it can go south and get negative really easily. So we're going to define venting versus complaining in this episode and kind of help you process through how to utilize one versus the other in a constructive and healthy way. So join us as we dive deep into venting versus complaining. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right, welcome back. We're here today to have a conversation that Robin and I have kind of been talking about off the podcast, and we thought it would be a really good one to bring to you. So we've worked with lots of families. We've worked with our friends and our own families through this caregiving journey. And we've heard a lot of venting along the way, and we've heard a lot of complaining. We've done our own share of venting and complaining, and we thought it might be a good time to point out the difference between venting and complaining and maybe the the pros and cons of both and how to distinguish what is healthy sharing and releasing of emotion. And then when it gets to the point where it's not healthy and it can be you know, more harmful for everybody involved just to sit there in that complaining mode. So Robin, tell us what your thoughts are on venting versus complaining. Well, I think I probably vent and you complain. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. That's not true. But it is a fine line, I think. I think that um, maybe we experienced this and we just talked about this, Melissa, the other day about how some support groups can turn into a gripe session versus something that's really healthy. And that's where I think we, this whole idea came up. And there are times that it's okay to complain and be frustrated with what's going on. But if that's the whole gist of your conversation, that certainly is not healthy. And it's not helping anybody. It's not adding to anybody else's journey. And it's not really helping you. It's more of um, what I like to say is it gets me going. You're on a roll. Now you've got me fired up and I'm just going to go on and on. And there's really no logic to what I'm saying. There's no solution to what I'm saying. And so we've got to learn when to cut that off. And also, we've got to be careful about the other folks we deal with, our friends and our family, because it can be burdensome. It can be when you are contacting somebody and all it is is negativity. You don't want that. You don't want that to continue. So 
during this time that you need people so much to help you, you have to be careful not to turn them off with the complaining. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love one word that you said and all that. I liked all of it, but one word stood out and that's solution focused. So when you're feeling completely depleted and you need to share your emotions, like you literally need to say, I'm having them. So kudos to you for being to the point where you're willing to reach out to somebody else and say, I need help. I need to talk about this. That's solution oriented for one, you reaching out saying, I need to lean on somebody in order to get through that. That's solution oriented. Saying what you're feeling, working through it, giving it a voice is not necessarily the negativity that we're talking about. It's when it goes from being, I need to get this off my my chest. I need to talk about this. I need to feel this. I need to find hope and I need to find perspective so I can move forward. That is healthy venting. That is where you're leaning on each other to lift yourself up. When it goes, when I've seen definitely in the counseling world, and for me in my own personal life, I kind of check myself on this too. When it goes from being more about how the world is doing wrong to me and how I'm more of a victim and I don't have, there's not any action or proactive movement that I can do to change things. And it all just becomes about woe is me. Then it goes into complaining. If, if, if there's no solution that you're looking for, besides they need to stop treating me that way, that's not really, <laughs> that's not a real empowering solution. The empowering solution would be instead of they need to stop treating me that way. The empowering solution would be, I need to talk to them about this so they know where I'm coming from. And then maybe me advocating for myself would mean they'd stop treating me this way. And if not, then I'm going to do something else. I'm going to separate myself from this relationship. So those are the kinds of differences, in my opinion as well, between venting and complaining. And so easily the venting can just spiral into complaining. And it is a release. I mean, people don't gossip and do all these things if it it's bonding too. I mean, I'm sure Robin, you've seen this. I've seen it in work situations all the time that sometimes just complaining about your oppressor, aka the boss, is 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 the way you bond with your coworkers. But again, is it solution oriented? So we're, we're this complaining versus venting goes much further than just the caregiving realm. It goes into all aspects of our lives. Well, and and made me think of what we were talking about a few days ago is often when you have a coworker or with Melissa and I, we'll contact each other and say, hey, I've got this situation. I'm really frustrated with it, aka I'm venting now to her. Mm-hmm. But my whole purpose for contacting Melissa and telling her this is to get her input and for her to help me make the solution, help me make something positive or have a different viewpoint. And I think in complaining, it is very one-sided. It's woe is me. Mm-hmm. This everybody, the world against me. And in the venting, it is healthy to say, hey, this is my deal. What do you think about this? How could I handle this better? How can I work through what I'm feeling? Yeah, it's like the two pronged. It's like, hey, am I overreacting to this? Is it, right. is this something that seems normal? Like, would somebody else be feeling the same situation? And 
yeah, and help give me perspective. And how do you see this? How can I tackle this in a different way? Well, and that kind of brought up a a vision for me of checks and balances. Venting is a little bit more about checking yourself Mm -hmm. and wanting that input and saying, hey, have I gone over the top? Is mom really pushed this button? Or is it just the way I'm seeing it because of my emotions? Where you're asking for help and with a complaint and it's, oh, mom's so mean to me. She's always mean. I can't do anything to help her. How can I get somebody to help me? Nobody wants to help me. I'm the only one in charge. So it, it is very similar yet very different. Yes. I think a good litmus test for this would be when you're done with the conversation, do you feel relief? Do you feel empowered to move forward or do you feel angrier? Right. And back to my point of getting fired up when you're complaining, you do just feed into it and you're angry and it gets worse. And, and then I talked to Melissa and Melissa said, I was right. And I knew I was right all along. And it just Mm -hmm. snowballs out of control and it's not healthy for anybody. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there isn't change that you want to see, you know, sometimes you feel empowered and it's the, then what happens next is like, okay, well, so-and-so has been really rude to me and I'm venting. They're rude. They're rude. Yes, they're very rude to you. So next, in order to feel empowered from the situation, instead of complaining or triangulating, which often happens, is you get somebody involved that also knows that person. So you're trying to bring them to your side. So you feel better because they're on your side, not the other person's side. But sometimes the, the situation is that you need to set really strong boundaries and you need to maybe cut off relationships that aren't benefiting you and having healthy confrontation, which I think we talked about in a previous episode in the people pleasing that healthy confrontation. This is the passive aggressive behavior where you're not standing up for yourself. You're just complaining about how you're getting treated. And maybe again, the triangulation you're bringing other people and trying to get them on your side. None of that is healthy. None of that is fostering connection. Well, and when you're looking at the caregiving journey, that whole walk, you are now focused on something so negative that you're not even focused on the caregiving. And it may not have, it may have to do with your loved one. It may not, but all that energy and Lord knows that we cannot spend more energy than we already need for caregiving because we need it all is wasted on negativity and trying to get people on your side. And you're not focused on things that could be good between you and your loved one and mending those relationships if that's the way it is. So it just takes away Amen. from everything in your life. I mean, it, it takes away your brain cells. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. And here is a concept uh, this is kind of funny, Robin, because I've always referred to the secondary gain concept, and I may be tweaking it to my own definition. Um, but hey, it works with for me. So let's just let's just flow with it. <laughs> but secondary gain is when something when you're benefiting from something, yet that's not what is the perceived benefit. So, for example the complaining. People would be like, oh, poor thing. I'm so sorry. All of this is going on for you. The secondary gain is that you want to be that victim. You you like the attention that you're getting when the, the bad things are piling up for you. 
you like being able to gripe and express yourself in that way. So, so whether it's conscious or not, you're drawn to creating those situations because you're gaining from them. So you have to kind of have a real honest conversation with yourself of, am I enjoying this, this um, complaining? And is that one reason I'm not looking for solutions? Do I really secretly like, and again, really hard conversation to have. Do I really secretly like everybody having this background conversation about how rude my brother is, right? And and I enjoyed that. So I really don't want us all to get along by me trying to work to having healthy converse, confrontation and communication with him because I kind of secretly like what we've got going here. Well, and I think, you know, we talked about family dynamics and there's always the martyr. There's always one, you know, we have the different, we've talked about them before, the different folks that how they react to caregiving and you've got your hands on and you've got your martyr and you've got the one that the know-it-all and, and things like that. I think a lot of people secretly like to be the the martyr. And there is one of my blogs, I think, that I talked about. A lot of this stuff is your choice. You mm-hmm. made the choice. So did you quit a job to take care of mom or have you neglected your children's ball games to take care of mom? Things of that nature. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that your mother didn't say, honey, quit your job and come home and take care of me. That's mm-hmm. something that you felt within yourself. Now you're frustrated because that's what you've done. And so much more is expected of you. So please look at me. I'm the martyr. I'm the one that is doing all of this. And yet if somebody steps in, like you said, Melissa, to help or give information or maybe even to offer those are the folks that it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. It, we didn't, you didn't do it the right way. You didn't do it my way. So the whole thing is set up for the complaining. I enjoy the complaining. I like to complain. Woe is me. But again, it goes back to the caregiving as a whole. Who are you helping? Mm-hmm. And it may be that your mom really did want you to do all those things, but you did not value what it would mean to you enough to say no and to have that a different kind of confrontation beforehand. You are the doormat. You're getting run over by all of these other people that are kind of pushing you around and you're resenting it and you're expressing that resentment through complaining. And I feel bad for you. Literally, I don't think that's fair that you're being treated that way. I don't think you know, you deserve that. But I think that the sooner somebody in that situation understands, like you said, it's a choice and that they can set boundaries and they'll still be lovable after those boundaries. Most times that I've seen when, when people set boundaries, they're actually surprised at how easy the boundary setting was. I think there's a fear that there's going to be a lot of rejection And it quietly, like everybody, when you set a boundary is going to push up against it and try to push it over in the beginning. But just like the move to a memory care facility, you know, you think that it's always going to be terrible and they're never going to settle in, but usually everybody settles into new norms. Same thing with personal boundaries. People settle into new norms and you might find that your relationship starts to thrive and get better than it's ever been before when you have clear boundaries set. 
Well, and I think we all in our heads tend to have ugly scenarios, whether we verbalize those or not. They're there, they're, and they lead us sometimes. And so when you have those boundaries, that takes care of some of that because that junk that's up in your head that's saying all these things to you isn't there anymore. So certainly venting is healthy and and we all have to vent. We all and you know what? We all have to complain too. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying don't do the complaining at all, but cut it off. Don't let it continue on. Mm-hmm. And so I think of what is it they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, and over and, and again. expect a different result. Right. And and I think that's complaining. Mm-hmm. You're complaining over and over and over about the same thing with no result. But if you're venting, you are getting or seeking a different result. You may mm-hmm. not get it, but at least you're seeking it. And it's not taking over your whole entire thought process like complaining is. It's just, I think of, um, for lack of a better look, venting is good and complaining is evil. So you have to deal with the, the little devil on your shoulder, the good and the evil and which way you're going to go. And we're not saying never go to the evil, but we're saying dip your foot in and then bring it back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that. I also like thinking about it in less of a, the, the good and the bad always remember to ask yourself why, why, and is it, are you doing the complaining again for those secondary reasons or are you feeling helpless because you haven't tried to do something different for yourself or you feel like you don't deserve something better. And I also think with boundaries, People think that boundaries almost need to be spoken, like some big declaration. I am no longer going to do this. Sometimes boundary setting is better done with actions than words. And sometimes that's the most powerful is that you just change an action. You stop doing something and you let the new norm kind of settle in. For example, if your mom seems to always call you at like 10 o'clock at night after she knows you've gone to bed. It's 11. You've gone to, you've gone to bed at 10 or in my case much earlier, but we won't go there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it's, it's never an emergency situation. And you know that if it was an emergency situation, she would, she could call like umpteen other people. It's kind of like a little bit of a control situation that she wants to see if you're going to respond to her and her needs after she knows you've gone to bed. So let's say that's the scenario. So you don't have to say, mom, I'm no longer going to be answering your phone calls after 10 o'clock. Cause that's going to be, that's going to cause a big ruckus, right? That's going to cause a conversation you don't need to have. How about you just stop answering the phone after 10 o'clock at night? Guess what? She's going to get used to that. I, I, I agree. And I do picture, you know, I sort of, as you were talking about the boundaries and making that, you don't have to make a big statement. I'm picturing like a judge and a jury and the judge, you know, hammering down his gavel and, and you're right. It it doesn't have to be that physical, but it, and it goes, what you said just purely explains it's your choice. Mm-hmm. If you continue to pick that phone up at 10 o'clock and you know, it's every time that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So therefore you have no ability to complain. Mm-hmm. You not even vent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. You or, made the, or you, 
the venting should look something like this. Robin, what am I doing wrong that I keep picking up the phone? How can I get it into my head that I am the one causing this situation for me? <laughs> like, what do I need to do to change my behaviors? You know, talk to your friends about giving, encouraging you to do that versus what's wrong with my mom. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, it might be, and I, it's hard to say this as being a caregiver, but it might be you turn your phone off. Mm-hmm. because you know what, it's, if something's going on, it's going to be there in the morning too. You're so right that, you, you know, setting the boundaries again, if you know there's safety nets out there, that if there was a true emergency, then they're, they're going to know to call other people and you're going to find out if you need to through those other avenues. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, this is a hard journey to navigate, but this is something you have to have that real check in the mirror, right? What what am I doing? Am I draining my energy, complaining, and kind of going down the spiral? It may feel really good and energizing to get it out and to get somebody on your side and kind of cheerlead together like, yeah, let's go storm the, the down or whatever. Let's go. <laughs> But it's just draining you. It's just draining you. And it's causing you to have resentment. And that's going to show up the next time you have to do something for that person or with that person. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I do think that the caregiving journey is so hard. And, and what this whole podcast is about is taking care of ourselves as caregivers. And this is easy. So... Check yourself, make sure, make it a good journey or make it the best journey you can and leave the negativity at the door. Perfect. Couldn't have ended better than that, Robin. Take care of yourself by making a choice to vent when you need to vent and stop the complaining and set good boundaries. So thank you for joining us and we will catch you again next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.